Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 116. This week on the show, I don't think I need to do much of an intro or much of an introduction. Um, it's Maddie fucking Mullins from Memphis Mayfire. Uh, super stoked that we got the chance to do this episode and have this conversation for you guys. Um, we are going to do a super quick overview of that episode, and that is simply we talked about the new album, we talked about the writing process, we talked about bringing AJ from Fire from the Gods in to do guest vocals, we touch on mental health. This episode, even though it's technically on the shorter side for what we do normally, um, it is so powerful. There's so much information, and I want you guys to listen to it all. Uh, because I think Maddie gives some amazing perspective, especially in the mental health realm. Um, and we are going to work on trying to get him on Musicians for Mental Health. Something you can do to help with that would be to tag him in the comments of the Instagram post for this episode and tell him you want to hear more on the mental health side of stuff. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. But that's all the intro I'm giving you guys. Because it's Maddie fucking Mullins. If you don't know Maddie at this point, uh, I'm not sure why you're listening to this episode, but I'm glad you are. Uh, so let's dive in. This is my conversation with Maddie Mullins of Memphis Mayfire. Um, normally, to kick things off, I start off with that same boring ass question, which is the introduction. But the with this episode, like if they don't know who the fuck Maddie Mullins is, uh, uh, yeah. why are they? <laughs> Oh man, I that's so funny. I was uh I was in Arizona a few days ago, just in kind of like a random city called Cottonwood, and somebody came up and was like, yo, dude, are you Maddie Mullins? I'm like, yeah. And it just like blew my mind that someone in this little town in Arizona like cared about Memphis Mayfire. I'm still so blown away and just like stoked to meet people who listen to our music. It just it rocks my world, dude. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, the thing is like, Hey, you guys have been in the game a very long time at this point, especially by the music industry standards. Yeah. But you know, I think kind of your point here is metal, unfortunately is not the mainstream, you know, it, it hasn't broken back into that, uh, that realm yet. So, you know, to find people in random little towns that are like, Oh shit. Like I know who this is. Yeah. I mean, it was like a retirement community, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was just like, what? Um, but yeah, man, it's cool, man. I think that, um, just the fact that it's been all these years and we can still put out music and be just as stoked as we ever have been is a huge blessing. It's been really cool. Yeah. And, you know, definitely I want to get into the new album, um, which comes out June 3rd via rise records, yeah. um, called remade in misery. And, you know, I know you guys have kind of said in the press release and stuff that you feel like it's your strongest album, but like legitimately, I've probably listened to this damn thing 25 or 30 times. And I have to agree, you know, like I've been a fan for a long time, but to hear this album, it's like they've, you guys have always kind of known who you are, but this album is like that showcase of this is who we are and we're not going to apologize for it because there's no need to. Dude, I really appreciate that. I honestly don't. I mean, I don't know if I even feel like we've always known who we are. I, I think that 
we've always loved to kind of push the boundaries of what people expect from us. And sometimes that's been really cool. And then sometimes it's gone really wrong, you know, and even, even for us, like we get to the end of something and we're like, Oh, whoa, like this isn't what I thought it was going to be or, Oh, whoa, like this is way cooler than what I thought we could make. And, um, there's something about this record that really is, I mean, if anybody was like, this is not your best record, I would just be like, then then you haven't listened to it yet. I mean, it's it's right. like it just the the creation process of it. Um, I became a Memphis Mayfire fan in the process of making this record. You know, like that's the truth. Yeah. Like we we had the best time writing and recording and listening to these songs. And I think that's when you know something is really special. You know, like we had a hard time getting tired of it ourselves. And I was just like, this is, you know, this being birthed out of the pandemic um, was definitely the silver lining of the pandemic we had for the first time in the last you know 12 years um we had time to make an album like a new band again right and uh and that was really important for us and i'm, I'm really proud of what we did yeah and you know i think you're kind of one of the few artists that i've talked to about you know the covid years as i've been calling it that is like appreciative of the reset, you know, like obviously it sucked when you're out on the road and stuff like that. But looking back, it's like, you know what, that was probably one of the best things that could have happened to, to us as a band or to me as a person, like it forced a lot of people to take a step back and look at themselves and go, where am I at with what I'm doing? Like, do I like what I'm doing? Should I, you know, I changed careers coming out of COVID. Like, yeah, that that's insane. I, I, I don't know many people like in my own circle, that didn't have some sort of massive life change, like some life altering life path change um, throughout the pandemic. And and I mean, I would say for the most part, um, a lot of those were positive things that people came out with. I think time to reflect and forced time to be still uh, could be one of the greatest gifts. Um, unfortunately, it came with you know, the awful circumstances that it came with. Right. And, and um, there's no way to be like, oh, I'm so happy that happened. But it, you know, like there are, it would be ignorant to not admit and recognize the the beautiful things that did come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I definitely want to get into kind of the content of this album. Uh, one thing that I don't do anymore because I've been doing music journalism for like 18 years now is I don't ask the specifics on any one song because I don't want to take it away from somebody that maybe has a, a certain connection and maybe that wasn't what sure. was intended. Sure. Um, but overall concept and, and stuff like that, this album, you guys have always been very vocal about mental health, mm. but this album specifically, you've, you've really put that at the forefront. Yeah. What's it like for you in the writing process to use music as a therapy and, and that release? It's awesome. Uh, I mean, like for, for me, I've always had a really hard time being honest about something that I'm going through while I'm going through it. It's so hard to be like, okay, I'm feeling really anxious or depressed or overwhelmed or crushed by the weight of something. I'm going to go write a song and think about it even more. You know, um, right. usually for me, like I, I'm, a, I'm an avoider and I like to just uh, try to make life fun all the time, you know? Um, yeah. And so when it does come time to write and you sit down and, and you reflect on the things that you have been through, um, you realize that so much of the world is, er, we're all going through the same things and, and, you know, it, it comes in different shapes and sizes and everybody's, you know, specific path looks different, but like we're all doing this together. 
And I think that the biggest lie that anybody's ever believed is that whatever they're dealing with, they're the only one and they can't tell anybody because they're crazy or they can't tell anybody because, you know, people are going to judge them or, or think differently of them. It's a really easy lie to believe. You know what I mean? It's really easy to be in your own funk and scrolling through Instagram and being like, oh man, like everybody's got it together except me. Um, and it's just all a lie. It's all a facade, you know? And, um, I think the more that we open up and the more that we're honest, the more that everyone will understand and realize that, um, mental health issues are world issues. It's everybody issues. You know what I mean? Like if, um, if, if you take an aspirin because you hurt your back, like, why are you so like appalled at the idea of taking an antidepressant, um, when you're low on something that you need? Um, I just am such a huge advocate for therapy, for anybody taking steps to bettering themselves and understanding themselves. Knowledge is power when it comes to mental health. Like we have to understand what anxiety is for it to go away. You know, when you, when you know what's happening in your body, that all your, like a panic attack is just a false alarm. It's literally, you have a smoke alarm in your body that is this beautiful thing that tells you when you should be in fight or flight. And sometimes it'll fire at the wrong time. And it's a really scary feeling. But at the end of the day, it was just a false alarm. And it's not something that you have to be scared of. And until you know that it's the most terrifying thing in the entire world. And, um, there's this dude on, on Instagram, um, Michael Norman official. He's got a program called Panic Free. And it's just so like jam-packed with phenomenal information and resources and assets and tools. And um and I would recommend that to everybody. Sorry, dude. If you don't stop me, I'm probably just no. gonna keep talking. <laughs> no, you're you're totally fine because mental health is a huge, huge passion of mine as well. So I've got this podcast, which I talk about mental health on, but I have a second podcast called Musicians for Mental Health. Awesome. And it's strictly these types of conversations. And, you know, I, I think you're dead on where, you know, the more that we're vocal about it, the more people realize they're not alone in their battles, the more likely we are to move past these things. Um, and something I actually took away from an artist um, during one of those conversations is trying to change the words that we use, right? So mental illness, oh, it's it's a sickness, it's a disease, which is true but there's so much that's caused by trauma, which would be an injury. So she refers to it as a mental injury because you're more likely to help somebody that has a broken arm than you are to help somebody that has cancer. You know, like you can't see an an illness. Really powerful. That's really good. I mean, just reframing that is so amazing. And what a waste to be in high school and be taking like, you know, trigonomics and and not have had a class on how to deal with your first panic attack yeah what a waste of our of our youth you know to not learn how to pay a mortgage but all of a sudden you know how to like you know design a triangle that will never exist in real life it's like it's just insane dude and like we have to normalize these things we have to talk about you know there's a really good chance that if you know god forbid something happens in your life at some point you're going to deal with something really hard and if you don't have immediate family or friends that you can talk to openly about that, like it just gets worse. See a therapist, talk to somebody like, um, be proactive, just as proactive about your mental health as you are about your physical health. Like you scroll Instagram and see like a bunch of people in the gym, like doing like 
personal like records for deadlifts and stuff, which is awesome. Um, but like nobody is like posting on Instagram being like, I'm in therapy. Like we just figured out that like this thing in my childhood was really, really hard on me and I never realized it. And like, it's a new personal record. It's like, no one's doing that. And we should be, you know, um, because that's what life actually looks like. So, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, as good as Instagram can be, it's also a very toxic trap if you allow it to be, you know, yeah. when you, like you said earlier, when you start comparing yourself to everybody else, but the fact of the matter is 98% of people are only putting up their best days on yeah. Instagram, right? Like you're not yeah. going to post the day that oh, I'm laying in bed. Cause I feel like a shit human being and I can't, can't even get up and get dressed today. Yeah. So you don't see that other people are going through that same thing. Yeah, totally dude. It's, um, and even like posting your best days, you're still posting like a, an edited version of what your best day actually was, you know? Um, so yeah, dude, sorry. I lost I'm it. Back. No, you're totally fine. I'm back. Totally fine. I, or you're back. Yeah. Is, is what I I, yeah. I think it was me. Um, so I have Starlink internet because I live out in the fucking sticks. And so it sometimes is hit or miss, but, um, no, I, th I think that's a perfect point. Like, even if they are posting their best day, like it's honestly a five second snapshot of that day. It, yeah. However long it took them to take that picture. Totally. The rest of the day could have been a, a totally shit day. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think keeping all that in perspective, which your music does very well as, you know, as a segue back to that, where, you know, you're able to take these moments in time, put them into a three to five minute song and really frame it out that, Hey, life fucking sucks sometimes, but there's ways to move through that and move forward. Totally. And I mean, the way that, you know, the first thing to do to move through it and move forward is to admit it. And that's, yeah. that's why songs don't always have to have happy endings. And that's a big lesson I've learned over the last few years. And especially with this new record, you know, like sometimes people just need to know that they're not the only one hurting and that, that can be healing in and of itself. So. Yeah. And, you know, I was always kind of the black sheep of my family because I listened to metal and, and pop punk and all that. And it's like, oh, well, there's no there's no substance to the songs you listen to. I'm like, you're not giving them a chance. Like, yeah, you guys are a perfect example, not blowing smoke or stroking your ego here. But like if someone were to sit down and just read your lyrics, it's like there is substance here. You just can't get past whatever your your roadblock is on it, whether it's the heaviness of the song, the you know screams or whatever that, which is that, fine. yeah totally it's that but also i mean like a song that is about something that you haven't specifically been through yourself is going to sound like it doesn't have substance substance until you get to the point in your life where you're like oh my gosh and then you know like you can listen to a song and then listen to another song five years later and all of a sudden it has like this whole new meaning to you because of what you've been through in life and so yeah it's um it can it can be really uh it can be really eye-opening to have empathy after you've actually experienced something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about on the production side of this, the, the production and mixing you guys worked with uh, Kellen who helped found the band almost 15 years ago at this point. Um, and then Corey and uh, looks like Jake was in on that as well. So like, what was it like kind of internalizing this versus the outside sources having a bunch of influence. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I think that 
had it not been for the pandemic, we probably would have done the record differently, which would have been a shame because we realized as we were making this record, Kellen making everything in his studio, like instrumentally, and I'm tracking everything in, in, in this, in my studio at home, we realized like our first like things that people really latched onto were just like songs that we were writing in our bedrooms. Like this is like, this is how it began. And our fans have a connection with that, like the intimacy and the rawness of how we would write without the outside influence of someone who doesn't really know us. And so that was really special. And I wrote um, a lot with my buddy Cody on this record. Um, and it was so cool uh, because he is, uh, he's been a longtime Memphis fan. And so like writing with him is just, just felt like, you know, getting firsthand insight into what a Memphis fan would like want to come next in right. a song. It was really fun. And um, yeah, dude, it's like, it, it would, it would have been a shame if we didn't, if we weren't forced to do it this way. And I have a feeling we'll probably make every record from here on out the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it obviously, you know, the big name producers and everyone like they have their talents, they have their uses, but I yeah. think, I think internalizing it to some degree makes it that much more intimate as well. So it's, there's a more passion in that project at that point. Oh, no doubt, dude. No doubt. And I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before Kellen is a big name producer. You know, I mean, he's always been brilliant. He's always been interested in the production side of things and made like phenomenal demos for our band. And I think that he is about to really explode on that scene. And a lot, you'll see a lot of bands going to him and doing records with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, you brought up Cody already. So Cody from Wage War helped, you know, write lyrics and things like that. And then you guys brought in uh, AJ from Fire from the Gods. What's it like, you know, seeing others in the, the same genre, if you will, in the grand scheme, coming into your project and being like, hey, this is something I want to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, Cody is just one of my best friends in the world. Right. So like we live minutes apart we we're hanging out every single day during the pandemic, regardless of the fact that we were going to work on this record together. And it just started where we were like, you know, let's, let's dive in and, and, uh, and try this. And, and we did, and then we did another one, then we did another one, then we did another one. It was just like so fun to, to imagine the vocal process differently. Cause I've always just written everything by myself and I, I was so stoked to sit down with someone who I love and respect and someone who thinks so much like me. Like we are so similar on so many different, like in so many ways that um, we could encourage each other and we could combat each other. We could kind of like offer different ideas and, and you know, like it was just, dude, it was fun. It was free. It was like innocent and awesome. And it just felt like we were hanging out and doing something that we were stoked about instead of like, we have to get a song done. It was like, do you want to write music together and have fun? And uh, that's really what made that so special for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, bringing AJ in to do vocals with you on um, Only Human, which might be one of my favorite songs uh, on the album. It's Me so too. good, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, and AJ, I think is underrated right now. You know, oh, Fire dude. From the Gods does not get the recognition that they should. So underrated. Was it kind of a no-brainer for you to be like, this is who I want in? Oh, instantly. Yeah. I mean, when Kellen sent over that verse riff, I instantly thought about AJ. And even if he would have said no, I would have flown to his house, knocked on the door and been like, please do it. Because it right. was perfect. Um, it was perfect fit. And a lot of times with guest vocals in the past, 
I've written parts for a guest vocalist and then um, just had them perform them. But with AJ's stuff, I was like, just just fly with it. Like, do anything that feels right. He just nailed it, dude. Like, instantly, like, the first thing we got back from him, I was just, that's it. It's done. Um, it's so cool. And he's got, he has such a gift for just flow. And, I mean, like, the way that he communicates lyrics and the way he writes melody and everything is so cool and, like, cutting edge and, um, and yeah, I, that band deserves a lot more credit than they get. And I'm stoked that people like this song because, uh, you know, hopefully people, you know, Memphis fans will, will see that and pay a lot more attention to fire from the gods. So, yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I a thousand percent believe that they're on the cusp, you know, it, it's just a matter of time for them to break out and people be like, where the fuck were they? Like, yeah, they've been here. You guys just aren't looking. Yeah. Yeah. You missed out, dude, for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you guys have obviously had some singles coming up off the, the album. Uh, I did the math right before we jumped on this. So six singles, you've already gotten 16.8 million streams on Spotify alone across mm. those six singles. What's it kind of, obviously it's a little bit surreal and, and whatnot, right? But what's that mean to you? Like, minus obviously the money because Spotify doesn't pay shit, but like, <laughs> what's it mean to you to, to know, like people are that ready for this album that there's so many streams already. It's crazy, man. I honestly, I don't even really understand how streaming works and all that. I, I like, I see stats and I'm like, you know, I hear something's good or something's not good. I I'm, I'm just like, I, I, you know, if people are listening to the music that gets me so fired up, I did like a live thing with a, with a, a fan the other day and she was like, what's the best way that I can support you guys? And I was like, just listen to our music. Uh, like anytime that we sit down to write a song, knowing that there are going to be people that listen to it is the greatest gift in the world, man. There are so many incredibly talented musicians whose music will never be heard by the masses. Um, cause they just didn't have the opportunity and, or, you know, never had their shot or whatever it might be. And so, you can't take it for granted. I mean, every single time we put out a song and even there's just one comment or a thousand comments, it doesn't matter. Like people are like, Hey, I'm here and I'm investing my time into something that you created. And it's like, man, that's thank you. You know, I'm just, just stoked that, that anybody cares really. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've said that and talked to a couple artists about like the commercial success is obviously nice because you have bills that's America, you know, whatever. Sure. But like, there's no comparison to a fan coming up to you and going, Hey, this song means the world to me. And this is why, like oh, when yeah. that connection hits, it's like, Oh shit, this is why I do this. It's so crazy, dude. And you can't, you gotta be careful not to like, it's so hard to hear those things and really like, let it sink in. It's, it's so hard because when you hear that, you're just like, oh my gosh, like what you, what you want to say is like, I am exactly like you. Like I am just like you. That's why I wrote these words. It's so crazy. We're so similar. You know, like you really have to let that just settle in your body that something that I needed to say is something that someone else wanted to say or something they really needed to hear. And like that, that's just insane, dude. It's so crazy that we get to do that. Even if there was never a penny made, the fact that somebody heard something that you had to say and felt like it affected them in a positive way or changed them. It's like, dude, that's, it's just awesome. It's rad. Yeah. yeah. 
but I, you know, like for me off this album, like I said, only human, um, make believe is up there on my list. Somebody like there's so many songs that looking back, especially over the last couple of years, I'm like, yep, I was in that spot. You know, like I know what kind of where I'm at with that and, no doubt. um, like make believe. So super short version is last year. I almost died. Thanks to COVID, uh, spent 46 days in the hospital uh, 20 of it basically in a medical coma. Um, so then, you know, being stuck in a hospital bed and then later hearing this song, I'm like, yeah, like that's exactly how I felt. Like, is this real life? Is, am I stuck in some sort of weird simulation thing? Like what is happening? Um, and that connection was just, yeah, it's fucking heavy. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're okay. That is nuts, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Super bizarre and random, you know, and like, (sighs) 36 year 35 when I got it technically. So in relatively good health, little overweight, but like nothing major. And even sure. doctors are like, there's, there's no reason it should have affected you the way that it did, but there's also statistically no reason that I should still be alive. So I, every day it's now just keep moving forward. Cause it's all, it's all golden from here. Yeah, bro. Unreal. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's it's just it's crazy, dude. That and and that song, um, you know, make believe is special to me for a lot of reasons too. Um, and kind of just like, you know, like some of these songs on this record have kind of like even like further revealed themselves to me after they were written, like as something that I'm like, wow, that's I, I didn't even realize how what I was saying was. It's hard to explain. It's 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 just like some things can come to life even after you write them you know what i mean and um i don't know that's crazy dude yeah no i i think the the shrek reference comes to mind that you know there's layers to it right like an onion you're peeling back all these layers to the song so like once it's out there in the world it's like oh maybe i meant this you know or like (laughs) holy shit like that that ties in (laughs) it's so true man it's very true yeah awesome um so I personally am a a firm believer. This is something I ask pretty much everyone. I'm a firm believer that at least the first two times you listen to an album, that it should be front to back simply because obviously it was arranged that way. We all know singles come out out of order and whatnot. For you, how important is that in this record specifically that people at least give it a shot front to back? Of course, every artist's dream is that their entire body of work will be digested in the way that you intended for it to be digested. Um, unfortunately, that's not really the way that like music works anymore, right? And um, there are still a handful of people out there, obviously you're, yourself included, that... Sorry about that. All good. No worries, man. Um, that was wild. It like shut my Zoom down as soon as I started getting a call. Um, so yeah, there's obviously like you included a handful of people out there that are stoked on doing that. Um, but like for the most part, it's it's such a single like based format, uh, not rock and metal, but just like music in general is it's so single based right now because people are, you know, attention spans are short and you're listening to whatever is playlisted and and all those things. And so um, it's just, you know, like, I hope that that's how people do it, but also we released this record in the way that we did with all these singles. And I think actually, I think Only Human was number eight. Um, I think that you can just only see six on Spotify at a time because of how they're like 
system is set up. Right. Um, right. But I wanted every song to be a single. I wanted every song to be something that people would like um, digest individually. And then hopefully as it comes out as an album, people will go back and revisit all the songs. I think that would be really awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's like this album specifically, I think, you know, I've been listening to it a shitload at work while I do my main day marketing job and whatnot. Yeah. But I think it, it tells a story, you know, like unintentionally, like it's not a concept album necessarily, but there's a, definitely a story that gets told through these songs and you can kind of just see this journey as it plays. Yeah, no doubt. That's awesome. Dude. I appreciate that. I actually yeah. didn't know if I, anybody was going to say that to me. I was just like, well, it's, it means something to me. Um, so just to know that you, that's cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously with 2022, the world's finally starting to open up. What kind of plans do you have? Obviously the, the album gets dropped June 3rd. You guys are going to go out on tour to, to support that, but what's the, the 2022 look like for you guys? Yeah. I mean, we've got that tour with dance, Gavin dance, um, coming up. It's this starts this month. Um, and then we have, uh, another tour after that, that hasn't been announced yet, but will be very, very soon. And I mean like very soon. Um, and I don't know when this podcast is going to come out. So by the time I, what, when, when do you think you'll drop this? Uh, this is going to drop the 27th of this month. Oh, well, yeah. About, then, yeah. This tour, the tour will have already been announced and um, it's going to be awesome. Super stoked about it. Um, and actually the 27th, that's going to be, this This will come out the day after the first day of the Dance Gavin tour. So yeah. um, super cool, man. Yeah. Uh, so that th those two things we've got and some other stuff kind of in the books, um, always writing and recording when we're at home, um, soaking up time with loved ones as much as possible. And that's what it'll be. Yeah. I actually just talked to um, an artist yesterday and you, you brought up soaking up the love time or the time at home with loved ones. I don't think the casual listener, I think fans appreciate it, but the casual listener, I don't think they fully grasp how hard it is for you guys to leave on tour, especially now. Like you've oh, had dude. two years at home, with your family, your friends, what's this kind of mentality for you as you know, okay, it's time to get back to work. This will definitely be the hardest it's ever been, you know, because like we went out with Papa Roach and breaking Benjamin, um, not long ago, but that was a two week run. It wasn't super long. So we have this tour and then we're only home for like a couple weeks and then we go back out on another full U S tour. And so that time, you know, th this having been home for the past couple of years, it's just really tough to, to try to get back into the rhythm of like being gone and coming home, being gone and coming home. And like people like my wife, you know, are so accustomed to me always being home now, you know, and right my best friends like live directly across the street. They bought the house directly across the street, like literally right there. <laughs> um, and it's going to be tough. It'll be really tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think um, the COVID years and, you know, now knowing what music can be, how do you think that's going to affect how tours happen in the future? You know, is it for you guys, do you think there's going to be more time off to do albums in between, or is it still going to be, because you guys prior to COVID were on the road, as much as a human could possibly be, you know? Yeah. I mean, dude, we're definitely going to dedicate the time that we need to make a record. Um, we didn't need two years of COVID to make the record. Right. Um, but it would be nice to say like, this is going to affect 
the next two years, let's really spend some time, take a few months and, and make something that we're really proud of, not try to bang everything out in two weeks. Um, so yeah, definitely th- that, that mindset has changed now for sure. Yeah. Um, without giving away the next tour, who are some bands, you know, cause you guys have, again, for as not mainstream as, as metal is, you guys have done some incredible fucking tours. You know, you just mentioned the Papa Roach tour. Like who are some bands that are on your bucket list that you're looking at, or maybe up and comers that you're like, they're doing something in the industry that I want to be a part of. Yeah, dude. Um, so like dream tours, gosh, I mean, I'd love to go out with Avenged Sevenfold. Um, I'd love to, uh, go out with like, you know, like bands like Blindside, if they wanted to tour in the States, that would be unreal. Um, you know, Shine Down would be a really rad band to tour with. Um, you know, I don't think we've ever done like a full club run with like Falling in Reverse or anything like that. That would be fun. It's just a, it's a lot, dude. There's a lot of cool opportunities. Like we've never got, we've never done like a full run of the day to remember. I think that would be awesome. Um, you know, all, all sorts of ideas out there. Um, if this is for real, not coming out until the 27th, I'll just tell you what the lineup is for, for the next tour after this. It's our headliner. Um, it's the octane presents remade and misery tour. It's us from ashes to new rain city drive and wolves at the gate. And, um, it's a really exciting package, man. I mean, from ashes to new is crushing, uh, Rain City Drive is a very exciting band. I mean, like the the couple singles they've put out since changing their name to that has been just like whoa, just really rad. Um, and Wolves of the Gate's been around forever. Such an amazing band. They've got a new song out at Octane that's killing right now. So it's just a really good time to for for these four bands to kind of like team up and go out and like say what's up to the world. You know, it's gonna be awesome. And uh, so yeah, that that's all really exciting. I hear a bunch of cool stuff all the time. There's this. Um, this band from overseas called uh, Blind Channel that has this song on uh, on Octane that I hear, and I'm just like, man, that's sick. So I think that band is cool. Um, I don't know, man. A lot. Of, there's a lot. Fire from the Gods. We were talking about them earlier. Um, you know, um, obviously, my boys in Wage. Um, Spirit Box is annihilating right now. Um, I don't know, dude. A lot. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, no. And I'm stoked about the tour that you just told uh, told me about because, A, I've talked to everybody on that tour now except for From Ashes to New, so I need to get him on. Nice. Um, But I just talked to uh, Steven from Wolves at the Gate the other day. Um, I talked to Matt just before Better Days came out um, from Rain City Drive. So, uh, yeah, that'll be a sick fucking setup for that tour. So stoked about that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be super cool. Awesome. Um, let's do kind of the, the dream, you know, we'll say dead or alive. If you were able to either bring them on to guest vocal for you or to jump on and guest vocal for someone who's kind of that top tier that you imagine would be there. Um, man, I mean, we've had some pretty insane guest vocalists over the years already. Um, I would love to have uh Christian from Blindside on a song, which I think we will probably do. 
Um, like I will most likely with the next record reach out and hope that that becomes a thing. He is one of my all time favorite singers and screamers mixed together. Just an unbelievable front man. Um, who would I want to sing on? Um, I don't know. Um, maybe a pop roach song would be cool. Like, uh, you know, I had, we had Jacoby as a guest vocalist on, on a song and, um, he is just, I love him so much. I love everybody in that band so much. Um, but I, I mean, that would be a massive honor. Yeah. If I ever had the opportunity to sing on a pop road song, that'd be a massive honor. And I think that they're the best they've ever been in their entire career right now. So I have like the utmost respect for everything they've been putting out. Yeah, no, I would, I would totally agree with that. And you and I are pretty close to the same age. So we're in fest coming out and being like, Oh, they just changed the whole fucking industry. Oh yeah. And now with the, the new stuff, you know, the new stand up single and all that, it's like, shit they're doing it again like jacoby just knows what to do man so sick man he is so dope they've always got their finger on the pulse man it's like it doesn't matter they'll be in their 60s and just killing everybody um i i genuinely love love that band yeah awesome um so one thing i wanted to to talk about with you as kind of a, a closing out segment here obviously like i said i've got my other podcast which we may do an episode in the future um but you know, with as important as mental health is for you, one thing I like to to kind of try to draw out of people is that realization of who they needed when they were younger. So like for you, what does that mean? Being the person that you needed when you were younger and um, kind of opening that door of support. Dude, that is an awesome question. Um, if I could go back to my, are you saying if I could go back to my younger self, like, what could I have told them was, was okay or was yeah. not okay? Things yeah, like pretty that. much. Yep. Awesome. Um, I would go back and just tell little Maddie Mullins um, that it's okay to just be, it is okay to be as emotional as you are. It's okay to feel things as deeply as you do. It's okay to love as deeply as you do. It's okay to hurt uh, as much as you do. Um, but when it's time to be happy, you're allowed to be happy. Going, going through really hard things, big losses, big traumas um, can convince you that that's the only thing that deserves any space in your brain. Um, and you can lose out on a lot of really beautiful moments, but your pain going on forever doesn't help the person who was lost. It doesn't help the person who was hurting Um you being so empathetic and drowning in, in your own sorrow or someone else's for an extended period of time um, is not going to benefit anybody else and it's not going to benefit you. And um, I think that grieving is important, um, extremely important, uh, but I also think that um, it's okay to say I'm a big feeler and I'm proud of that, uh, but it's time for me to to move forward. Super powerful and hundred percent agree because it sounds like you and I are a lot alike in that I know growing up I was the same way with that negative thing that would happen. That was my focal point. And I couldn't yeah. accept that, oh, like good things are happening. Like I should be happier than what I am. Yeah. Cause I was so fixated on, but you know, this thing happened. And then mm-hmm. if you could just almost if you could just slap yourself and be like, cool, shut up about that thing. Like, yeah, fuck off with that and look at this thing. And it's so powerful because like, 
you know, like you said, you're allowed to feel those things. And mm-hmm. I think the society that we live in is finally starting to get there where you're allowed to have feelings. You're allowed to be emotional, but you're also allowed to be happy. You don't have totally. to focus on the negative. Totally. And emotions are not always correct. You know, feelings are not always correct. It's like what happened in the past is done. What happens in the future is out of your control. And what's happening in the moment is there for you to enjoy, to grieve or to enjoy, whatever's right there in front of you. Whenever you're feeling anxious or depressed or sad or nervous or anything, it's like you're probably not living in this exact second. You're dwelling on something that's already happened or something that hasn't happened. It might not ever happen. Bring yourself back to the moment right here, right now, and admit that that's enough. That's enough. No matter how bad it hurt, no matter how bad they hurt, no matter how much you're needed, no matter how much you've already given, no matter what it is that you think you should be capable of, come back to right now, be right here and do that because that's really all that you're built for. Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to put you on the spot with this because you triggered this question out of me. <laughs> what do you do to center yourself back in the moment? A lot. Um, a lot of things. I will, um, for, for the longest time, um, I was saying, uh, what are you believing? So like if I was in a moment where like I just kind of started to feel like a, a rush of anxiety through my body, I would kind of shake my head to physically bring myself back and I'd say, what were you believing? Instead of like, oh my gosh, like I need to drink or I need to, I need to numb this or I need to run from it or I need to like distract myself. It's like, what was it that made you feel that way? And what were you believing? And was it actually happening? Did it happen? Can you not change it? Are you just thinking it's going to happen because you think you know it's going to happen, but you actually don't know what's going to happen? Is this moment right here enough? Can you smell the air around you? Can you taste what's in front of you? Can you touch? Can you see what's actually happening in this exact moment? And can you let that be enough? Yeah. It's incredible, Maddie. Uh, You know, like you're so well-spoken around this. And I know obviously neither of us are licensed health, mental health professionals or anything, Mm -hmm. but like, I think there's a, a strength and this is something I talk about on that other podcast of mine there's a strength in us sharing our personal experiences and mm. our personal um, personal tools that we use and things like that because we never know what's going to help somebody else. Oh my gosh, dude. I, it's so true. Had I had the resources I have now 10 years ago, I, I would have had a much different season and experience with anxiety and depression. You know, it's yeah. conversations like these are ex- super important. Yeah, absolutely. That's everything I've got for you for this episode. Like I said, we'll we'll discuss something in the future for sure. Um, obviously, I'll link Memphis Mayfire socials and all that, but where can people find you? What's the best way to interact with you guys and anything you want to tell fans as we kind of wrap up on this? Yeah, I mean, um, we're on all the social media platforms. The band is called Memphis Mayfire. Um, we'll be out on the road. Come check us out. You can find our tour dates on our website, memphismayfire.com. You can... Um, if you want to know what we're up to, you can find it pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are not hard to find by any yeah. means. And like I said, anyone that's listened to this, if they didn't know who the fuck you were, I don't know why they were here, but <laughs> hopefully there's some new people going, well, I need to at least check them out. Cool, man. Yeah. I'd appreciate that. Appreciate your time so much. Uh, looking forward to tour because I do concert photography as well. So I'll hit up the the team about getting out, doing some awesome. photos for you and we'll, 
we'll make it a good one, man. Sounds good, brother. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. And that was my conversation with Maddie Mullins of Memphis Mayfire. Like I said at the very beginning, new album, Remade in Misery, getting ready to drop June 3rd. Uh, definitely get over, check that out. Um, if you're listening to this and you're not already following them on you know, Instagram or any of their socials, all of that is linked in the description of the podcast. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can't say thank you enough to Maddie for taking the time to do this and not only talking about the album, but being open about mental health. Uh, you guys know that that's a big priority for me. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to trying to get him onto musicians for mental health so that we can talk in depth about, um, you know, the, the perception of mental health in today's society, the music industry, um, and just like getting his perspective on the struggles that he's been through. You know, you guys heard him say there, especially towards the end where we were talking about like, who did you need when you were younger and things like that. Like, I think he's got such a great mind for mental health and um, he really kind of champions it through his music. Um, the band says, you know, that they make songs for broken people. Um, they make anthems for the broken. So I, I think, you know, it's definitely a opportunity for a lot of people to truly see that they're not alone. And this album... Um, is another extension of that. You know, there's a lot of songs on here that talk about a variety of mental health uh, components, and it's something that I think everybody needs to take seriously, really sit down, listen to, absorb the lyrics and everything, because there's a message in here that pretty much anybody can relate to. So that's everything I've got for you guys this week. Um, on this episode, again, go follow Memphis May Fire, follow Maddie, keep up with the band, get out, check them out on tour, all that sort of stuff, um, because you're not going to be disappointed. So uh, as for us, make sure that you are liked, subscribed, following You Make the Scene. Uh, also, season two of Musicians for Mental Health is getting ready to start up, so be sure that you go over and like and subscribe to that as well uh, because we've got some incredible guests and going to have a great time this year for that show as well. That's everything, guys. Um, as always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.